0: In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we ask you now, God, to use and rule over our thoughts and our words, so that it may be your word which is spoken and your word which is heard. Amen. A big part of the ancient Israelite understanding of who they were was that they were a shepherding or pastoral people. You know, their, their patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, kept sheep. Moses kept sheep in the, in the wilderness when he saw the burning bush. They, their whole sacrificial system involved offering lambs and goats and, and cattle and so forth in sacrifice. So this notion of being a pastoral people it was very much part of their national identity. I suppose in a way like for us, you know, the idea of the frontiersman or the cowboy riding the range, even though we live in cities and none of us are moving cattle or clearing forests and building log cabins, but it still kind of is in our, in our back of our minds. And so this image of the pastoral people, of the people of Israel as the sheep of God's flock and the, the kings and priests as being the shepherds of Israel, very strong throughout the Old Testament. King David himself was a shepherd who was then raised up to be the shepherd of this flock called the people of Israel. Well, being weak, stupid, sinful human beings, you've got good kings, and you've got bad kings, and you've got weak kings. You've got good priests, good holy priests, you've got weak priests, you've got actually some scoundrels in the Old Testament, and the same thing with the prophets. Ideally, how it was supposed to work was the king, the son of David, the shepherd of Israel, would honor God and seek justice and to rule his people well. And the priests would honor God and offer the sacrifices with with care and devotion and and learn and study the law and be able to advise the king on how best to follow God's law in governing his people. And then there'd be the, the prophets who would keep them both in line, right? Um, and the prophets might come, some of them were just from the common people, but some of them also came from the royal house. We know from their genealogies that the prophets Isaiah, for example, and, and, and Sabaniah were both, uh, were both from the royal family, just as, uh, as Jeremiah and Ezekiel were from the priestly families. But they would hold these other power groups and you know shepherds to account. To stay loyal to God's covenant, to guide the people well so the people would be guided well in, God's, uh, in the way of the Lord. Again, it shouldn't be surprising, though, being that we are stupid, simple human beings, that a lot of times they failed. For every great king, for every David and Hezekiah, there was a Manasseh or an Ahab. For all the great priests, sometimes there were some, you know, for every Jehozadak, there'd be a Caiaphas. And similarly with the prophets. And Jeremiah, in our first reading, is taking on all three of these shepherds, groups of shepherds, have all gone off the rails and still have the people. And he's calling them to account. And he gives this prophecy. This prophecy of the great, of the branch, the great king, that, uh, the, the messianic king. And he says, In his days, Judah shall be saved, Israel shall dwell in security. This is the name they give him, the Lord our justice. In the last days of the kingdom of Judah, there were a succession of weak and bad kings. And the last one was named Zedekiah. You can always remember him because his name is Zedekiah, and as our Canadian and uh, British brothers and, uh, and sisters all call this the last letter of the alphabet, Zed, right? So Zedekiah, the last king. But his given name was Mathaniah. He took the name Zedekiah when he came to the throne, because Zedekiah means the Lord our justice. This prince, Mathaniah, thought, I'm going to be that shepherd. I'm going to be that king who will guide the people in the way of justice. But like so many of us, he failed. He was weak and vacillating and fully unable to meet the challenges of his time. It's an object lesson to us of humility as we reflect upon what God may be calling each one of us to do. Over the course of human history, we've had good kings and bad, good priests and bad, most somewhere in the middle, weak, sinful human beings. And every one of us, if we look into our own souls, we know that weakness in us, we know that sinfulness in us, we know those many things that we need to grow in. But God is calling all of us to some form of service for his people. God is calling all of us to some form of being shepherds to shepherd the flock that is his people in different ways. And sometimes it's easy to be overwhelmed with our own sense of unworthiness. But I want to have every one of you reflect on how God may be calling me, calling you to service. Despite, you may be well aware of the lack of gifts, or the weaknesses, but what he's calling you to do. God calls every one of us to some form of service. Some of us, a lot of us who are living in the world, he may be calling you to be shepherds in the sense of perhaps getting involved politically, to help shape our political parties, all of them, that go very much off the rails. He may be calling some of you, though, to be shepherds in another sense. He may be calling some of you to priesthood or religious life. He may be calling some of your sons to priesthood, some of your daughters to be consecrated virgins or to be sisters. And when we hear that call, a lot of times we may want to run away from it, perhaps from fear or because we desire something else for our lives and what perhaps God is calling us to, and then we might be able honestly to reflect and say, I'm not worthy of the call. Or we may use that as an excuse, I'm not worthy of the call. We need to listen to God's call for each one of us. We need to be open to that call. And we need to be open to that call as parents, if our children are having that call. Our son comes to us and says, I think God wants me to be a priest. And, well, we want granted. We need to be open to the call. Every Sunday in this parish, we pray that prayer for vocation. Choose from our home those who are needed for thy work, and our home may well be my home that he's calling. He may be calling your son. He may be calling your daughter. He may be calling you. Some of you men who are married, living in the world, he may be calling you to serve as a shepherd in the form of a permanent deacon. Be open to that call. Listen to it. Don't be afraid of your own weaknesses, because God will give you that strength. This is what our Lord said when he disembarked and saw the vast crowd, and his heart was moved with pity for them. God is calling as many people as the church needs today to be priests, to be deacons, to be lay leaders in the world, to be brothers and sisters in religious life. He is always calling. Talk about a crisis of vocation. There is no crisis of vocation. He is always calling exactly as many people as the church today needs. But we need to listen. We need to be open to the call for us. And especially we need to be open to that call when it comes to our children. His heart was moved with pity for them, for they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. Oh, he teaches us many things. But sometimes we just need to be quiet and shut up and listen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.